You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello everyone, how are you doing? I hope that you're well and comfortable and sitting in a very relaxed position if you are sitting or standing in a nice comfortable place with lots of fresh air. You you may be on public transport, uh, in which case uh, I hope that everyone around you is behaving in the appropriate way. I hope that no one is like uh, sort of like sort of uh, pushing up against you awkwardly. Um, or I hope you don't have someone's armpit in your face if you're on the underground or something. Uh, if you're driving, then I do hope that you're driving carefully. I hope the road is nice and clear and that uh, it's a nice, beautiful day wherever you are. Um, in this episode, I'm joined again by my brother, James. The last time you heard from him, he was talking about how he had dislocated his shoulder after falling off his skateboard. Well, in this episode, he does give us an update on his shoulder injury. And then we go on to talk about the music or his tunes that he's been making recently. What is a tune? Because this episode is called Making Tunes with Jim. What's a tune? Well, basically, it's a tune. T-U-N-E, tune. You might say tune. It's like the way we say tube not tube for the underground t-u-b-e is actually pronounced tube in london in a similar way the word tune is typically pronounced tune and in fact a tune is a piece of music typically a piece of dance music or hip-hop or house music or drum and bass or techno music and when you hear a really good tune it's quite typical to say something like Oh, this is a tune. Or this is a top tune, for example. Now, my brother makes instrumental hip-hop tunes. And you can hear him talking about his music-making process in this episode. Okay? So, um, Jim is actually quite modest about his music-making. But for years, he's been quietly producing lots of instrumental hip-hop on his own, using an old Akai MPC 2000, which is a bit of music-making hardware used by some of the most well-known hip-hop, drum and bass and techno producers from the past 15 years or more. Um, Jim bought a second-hand MPC 2000 about five years ago, and he's been learning to ha- he's been learning how to use it. Uh, he's been producing lots of tracks and they are getting better and better all the time. And now he's at a point where he's actually released a 10-track album, which is available for purchase online via the website Bandcamp. Um, he doesn't like to talk about his stuff too much because it's very personal to him. But in this episode, he was quite willing to talk about how he comes up with ideas and how he turns them into pieces of music. In our conversation, you'll hear us using various technical language related to music and music production. So watch out for all of that. If you'd like to download any of my brother's tunes, you can you can do that. Um, Jim's album is available on Bandcamp. Um, just go to jt2000.bandcamp.com or you can just find the uh, web page on, on my website for this episode and you can click a link and um, you'll find his album there in, uh, and it's it's e- very, very easy to download it from Bandcamp. Um, Bandcamp is a very useful website for uh, artists and musicians to sell and share their work. They can upload it onto Bandcamp and then it's available for you to preview and you can download it. And the artist is is able to um, set the price for the download. Now, my brother chose to allow you to determine the price for the download. So you can download it for free if you want or you or if you think he deserves to be paid for his work you can choose to purchase the music and you can choose the price so you can decide to purchase it for just 0 pounds or 0 euros or 0 yen or whatever or you, if you want you could pay him you know a million pounds a million euros a million yen 
whatever you want. You can pay nothing or you can choose a price. It's completely up to you. Okay, so you can check out his stuff. Click the link on the on the webpage for this episode. You can listen to it. You can download it if you want to and you, then you can enjoy it. Um, but um, how about listening to my brother talking about just the process that he goes through in producing his music, okay? And I'm talking about uh, like f- the whole process from like, nothing like having an idea in the first place that just the creative moment of being inspired all the way through to ending up with a piece of music which he can then share or even sell online um, you also hear in this episode my brother and i suggesting to you the listeners of the podcast that if you are music makers as well if you're musicians uh, amateur musicians um, if you if you make music, then why not send some of your music to me here at Luke's English Podcast? Um, you could email me, and the, the the email address that I'm using at the moment is actually still the competition address. That's podcastcomp at gmail.com. If you want to share some music with me, send it to my email address or leave a link as a comment to this episode, and I will gather together any music which is sent to me. And then at some point in the future, with my brother, I'll do an episode in which we play some of your music and then we respond to it by talking about it, giving our own personal responses and so on. So it could be quite a good way for you to share some of your music with uh, the audience of Luke's English Podcast. Um, so do that. Send send me your, your homemade music and I'll feature it on the podcast at some point in the future. Okay, thanks for listening to this introduction. You can now get started and I hope you enjoy the conversation with my brother in which we talk about making tunes. Here it is. So how are you? You, How are you Mm. doing? How's that cup of tea that you're drinking? Fine, thanks. Just caught me slightly unawares there. I thought you were going to do a little intro first, but... I think I'm going to do the intro in post-production, as as it's called, Mm. rather rather than doing it live. I'm nodding respectfully jim is nodding respectfully and he's also drinking a cup of uh, a cup of tea um and it's it just just describe the mug that you're drinking the tea from would you it's a sex pistols mug and on one side there's a sort of slightly badly printed sex pistols logo and on the other side it's the album cover never mind the bollocks here's the sex pistols the what the sex pistols the album art yeah the sex pistols Right. Some people listening to this will know exactly who the Sex Pistols are. Other people might not. Uh, is it worth explaining who they are? No. Uh, <laughs> of the adventure of Google. Just so, Google it. They're a band. Watch, watch the documentary, uh, whatever it's called, The Filth and the Fury. The Filth and the Fury was a... By, Juli- by Julian Temple. Julian Temple made a documentary about the group, the Sex Pistols. They were a punk band, but you should you probably already know that. If, you're, if you listen... Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So, second question is, um, how is your shoulder? Because that the last time you were on the podcast, you were talking about how you dislocated your shoulder. And everybody in the world is now thinking, how is Jim's shoulder? So, how is it? Uh, it's much improved, thank you. Um, it feels much, much better. Almost back to its full strength. Still feels a bit uncomfortable occasionally. And I have to do more exercise, which I'm not necessarily doing enough of. Yeah. Um, But I've kind of worked on sort of the basic exercises of mobility, and that's kind of getting more and more movement until I'm basically able to do every movement I was before. I'm doing it now, if you can't tell in my voice. What are the movements that you have to do? Well, I don't know. I just made them up because the physio took so long to come through, the NHS physio, that I just started doing my own physio. What do you mean? The physio took so long to well, come through? Well, they refer you to a physiotherapist after an accident like that. And they didn't get in touch for about six, seven weeks, mm-hmm. which is kind of the recovery time. Right. So you need to be doing physio in the first and second week, really, not because they're oversubscribed. I see, because they're so busy dealing with all the other... It's a bit of paper now, so I'm not even going to follow it up. I'm just, it's too late now. I've done my own. You've done your own physio. I did a bit of research and I learned a bit about the injury and how you're supposed to exercise it so i have been doing that so okay. it's right. fine good are you still skateboarding i skated once last week and it felt a bit weird a bit scary to be honest because i haven't done it for two months or something yeah and yeah the last thing you need is to fall off again and do it again 
because uh, I, I got um, like a comment or an email from one of my listeners uh, explaining uh, in rather passionate terms that you should really look after yourself because if it happens again, then it can become a, a very problematic recurring uh, oh, no. injury. I'm aware of all this and th- thanks to that listener for caring. Not just one. I've had several uh, responses from listeners. One response from a, a from a regular listener called Hiroshi Maruyama, who's a, a regular uh, commenter. Who is he a who, doctor? He's not a doctor, but he he expressed quite a lot of uh, concern over your your physical well being. So just f- I think you should say to Hiroshi, uh, you know, something just to make him feel comfortable that you're looking after yourself. <laughs> So, do you have something to say to Hiroshi, just to uh, make you know, just to put his mind at rest? No. Um, <laughs> thanks for the, the concern. I appreciate it, and I'll I'll take that on board and look after myself. Thank you. Okay, there you go, Hiroshi. He's 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 listened to the to what you had to say, and he's responded to it. Everything's all right. So, um, you've been making loads of music recently, I believe. Because like every now and then you you send some to me. I've got like a huge playlist of your tracks on my MP3 player, and I listen to it all the time. And like you're being very prolific these days, aren't you? Um, sort of, yeah. I suppose there are, there are quite a few tracks. Yeah. Um, what kind of music is it that you do? Um, it's sort of how would you just? Well, it's just music, instrumental kind of beats. I suppose you call it it's in a very you know if i had to describe it um, okay. it's just for fun really yeah uh, it's on an mpc 2000 which is a sampler sequencer thing mm-hmm. which i bought a few years ago and they're really good fun and it's just really really enjoyable um it's yeah it's good fun you should try it actually i think you'd be quite good actually yeah i'd like to try it so you're just... a very good drummer it's a bit like drums. It's very, it's, it is percussive way of playing music. So everything's done on these drum pads, but you can also play your samples through the drum pad. So you're playing, it's a very percussive, hands-on way of making sample-type music. Okay. For, I've actually played some of your tracks in the background on episodes of the podcast before, so I think my listeners probably have an idea of what kind of stuff it is that you do. I mean, you, could I describe it as instrumental hip-hop? I suppose, yeah, that's the easiest way of describing it, yeah. Okay. Do you have, like, influences? What What are your influences? What kind of stuff do you listen to and you think, I'd love to do something like that? Okay, there's a few. Um, someone like Alchemist, he's very good. Alchemist. He's an American producer and he does very kind of gangstery rap beats, but he just does them really, really well. They're very refined and they sound very clean and... But they don't sound too artificial either. They sound quite natural, but they're not trying to be old school and sort of retro. And at the same time, they don't sound annoyingly fast, like some of this trap music, you know, the sort of very high... Oh, I can't be asked to explain it. I just like the Alchemist stuff anyway. And also there's a guy called Black Milk. He does very good organic-sounding tracks from very weird samples like 80s electronic... 80s electro kind of samples mm. and all sorts of weird samples that isn't that isn't the usual sample fodder yeah um who else is good um this guy called adrian young adrian young yeah yeah young with an e at the end i think that's how you say it. and he used to use all samples and stuff but he's moved on to getting session guys in so so he composes the song like a hip-hop tune but it's all played by a live band mm. And that's really good. That's like really taking it forward. Yeah. Into just actual music. It's not just a genre anymore. It's just now just a band playing music, you know, which is the way to do it rather than categorizing yourself as, oh, this is hip hop. You know, I think it's more impressive to open open it up. Because when we do, when we talk about hip hop, we sort of think about um, uh, music, which is probably originally based on samples taken from records. Like it would have been like two turntables someone looping a record by playing it again and again over two you know two copies of a record mixing them together and then someone rapping on the top but then um people started using sort of sequencing um technology like um things like the akai is it mpc 2000 that's the one i've got but there's earlier earlier models like the mpc 60 i think it's called and uh 
you know the DJ Shadow album introducing. Yeah, I think that was all made on an MPC. Really, maybe an MPC sixty actually, an even earlier model than the one I've got. And these 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 MPC um, what do you call them? Sequencers, samplers. It's a portable MIDI um, sampler sequencer. Yeah, I suppose it's a. I'm trying to think what they describe it as. I suppose it's it's um it's a music production center. It's a portable music production center based around sampling something in. So that can be a live guitar, yeah, a drum sound, something you've recorded yourself, or you can take it from a record. Okay, so or you just record from a mic if you want. It just goes straight in, and then you can rearrange it and sequence it however you like. Okay, and I and using, using pads, these sixteen pads. So you play everything on these pads. Mm. Okay. So it's like you take, for example, a sample of either you playing a bit of guitar or a bit of a record or like someone, you know, singing or something, anything, any kind of uh, either pre-recorded music or stuff, something you've recorded live, it goes into the MPC and then it's like you can activate that sample by pressing one of the pads you yeah. can also edit the sample so you clip it so you know exactly where it's going to start and finish and then you activate each bit by pressing one of the pads that's where the percussive element comes in so Indeed. so and you can play it live if you set up a drum kit on there for instance with a, a kick drum a hi-hat a snare you can play drum patterns and use it like a live machine as well you don't have to program it you can just play it sort of for fun yeah. almost like a little uh, electronic drum kit but you can set where the samples go and what they are mm. so it's great fun and it's very once you get your head around it once you get used to how it works it, you can use it very quickly yes and it seems to have a natural kind of quite warm sound why is that i don't know because it's got some inbuilt compressors in it i believe the hardware so basically it, like the it's, it's it compresses the sound and makes it sound better yeah. So you get a nice, I don't know why, I don't know how it works, but, but you get a nice warm sound and it makes the songs kind of hold together quite well. Yeah, because it compresses the, the, the samples. and Yeah, especially the drums and things like stabs and bass notes. It can have a very, very rich bass because you can turn the bass down, if you know what I mean. You can filter the bass. Yeah. So it filters out all the top end and all you're left with is a very bassy sound very deep warm sound um yeah. and it's perfect for making hip-hop isn't it really i mean it's not the sort of it's not uh, a piece of hardware that you would use to record like a rock band let's say but you could you could do the um the rhythm section that way if you're a kind of band that used drum machines instead of a live drummer or even for recording you could you could produce a very good rock rhythm section, I think, on an MPC. And you could make it sound live as well. It'd be quite a good challenge, actually. I might try and do that. Mm. Okay. So I think you could, but it's not often done. You can make drum and bass on them. Uh, you know Ronnie Size? Ronnie Size, a kind of British yeah. drum and bass he made, guy. He made a lot of his tunes on an MPC. Okay. And also you can make things like techno. Carl Craig, he sees an MPC. Yeah. Um... You could make house on it, anything on it. Oh, yeah, but I know what you mean. It wouldn't really be something that's used in a rock band usually, no. Yeah, yeah okay. The MPC 2000, this particular bit of hardware, was actually brought out in the 90s, wasn't it? I think 1997. 1997. And this is a piece of hardware that lots of really classic bits of hip-hop were uh, created on. Yeah, there's, there's a few equivalents. Like, there's a... Uh, What's the other one called? Um, there's an ASR, which is a keyboard, mm -hmm. which does pretty much the same kind of thing. And there's another one as well, and I can't remember what it's called. Jake prefers these ones, and they've got sliders and smaller buttons. Okay. I can't remember what it's called. It doesn't matter. But there's lots of similar gear, but I think the MPC is the best one. Okay. So uh, for me, it's got a certain kind of sound. Like, as you say, it compresses uh, the sounds and sort of pushes them together and creates a... Uh, a, 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 a sort of hip hop sound because so many other bits of so many other like people like Pete Rock for example um, yeah. use this bit of hardware and so this you know uh, it, it's it, it's got that character to it somehow it and it also apparently some people say it has an inbuilt kind of swing like a funky sound that yeah 
that's what people say. I mean, it has got swing on it. You can adjust the swing and put 50% swing, 70% swing, and it's skippy, makes the beat, the, the rhythm a bit more skippy. So, for example, if you enter in a hi-hat going... Yeah. And you play it back with the swing added, it can go... Or something like that. It can add a little bit of um, swing to it to kind of exactly. give it uh, a nice Some people beat. people say that is the kind of classic hip-hop sound with, you know, a kind of drum kit broken down, played back with that MPC swing. Yeah. You know? Do, do you want to play, do you want me to play a little bit of one of your tracks at this point? Can you think of a yeah. good track for me to play? Um, I'll have a think. Uh, which was the one that you liked? That was I, the one, Banana Milk. I heard one called Banana Milk, which I thought was yeah. really good. So there's there's some samples on this that you might recognise, but I don't think you will. And maybe I shouldn't say what they are because uh, I haven't cleared them. But um, just before I play say, this, I'm saying this is amazing or anything, it's just for fun. And uh, once you've got all these tracks, you might as well let people hear them if they want to hear them. Okay. So I'm not saying this is the best thing. I'm still learning, but um, yeah, play some. Yeah, okay. go for it. Here we go. This is this one's called Banana Milk. It's still playing a little bit in the background. I've just uh, dropped it out. So that sounds really nice. Now, I wonder how much of that is samples and how much of it is just sort of stuff that you've created yourself from scratch. It's actually all samples. Really? Everything is samples? Except for one bit, one little tone. A kind of high-pitched... Well, not high-pitched, a sort of high tone. Yeah. It's actually off uh, an app on my iPhone, which makes weird synthy sounds. Yeah. I just wanted a clean simple synth sound so i sampled it off my phone wow okay very that's the only time i've ever done that because i don't really like using software but um i just needed a sound like that okay now i expect that some of my listeners aren't completely sure what we're talking about when we say sample to sample something no it's well hold on a minute they might not know because um some of them will definitely know because they understand the you know the the way in which this kind of music is made but there'll be some people who honestly don't know what i mean i don't mean to patronize anyone but genuinely some people don't know what sampling is so can you just tell me what sampling is it's uh stealing someone else's music how by recording it off a record but the idea is you take a bit that's so small. I mean, in the past, there's been big sampled records um, that have used the main hook of a someone else's song. Like, for example, I mean, Will Smith, Welcome to Miami, which is um, chic or something, isn't it? Um, or Sister Sledge. Really? Well, Will Smith did Getting Jiggy With It, which was uh, He's the Greatest Dancer by Sister Sledge. Well, it's that one then. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's a very obvious example of a yeah. sampled song. Yeah. But the ones that, as it developed, I like to use samples that you can't necessarily tell where it's come from. Right. And so it doesn't feel so bad. You're not stealing the main hook. Mm. You're just taking little sounds here and there and rearranging them. Okay. So hopefully it's not even identifiable. Like, I don't want people to go, oh, it's from that. It's almost like you're just using little bits of sound to try and make something that you want rather than stealing anything exactly but it is you know debatable so rather than taking like an entire four bars of a song with the drums bass guitar keyboards and everything you're just taking like a tiny little sound like it could be just one snare noise like pat like one yeah pat exactly. from a from a snare drum and you just take that because it's a nice snare sound like one tiny half a second of the tr- of the record and it's also the way song copyright is done it's normally based around the song and the melody so if you're not stealing a melody it's very debate it's a bit of a gray area Mm. whether you're actually stealing in inverted commas anything yeah 
So if you take a snare and maybe pitch it up a little bit so it's not exactly the same pitch, or change it even to a tiny, tiny bit, A, no one's going to know, and B, even if they do know, what what can, what law is there to exist to stop you doing that? And ethically, is it okay? I mean, if you don't know where it's from, I don't know. If you if yeah, if you're not stealing the whole arrangement, the, the you're not melody. stealing the arrangement. You're not stealing any melody. You're stealing maybe a tiny bit and rearranging it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Who knows? Does it matter? Probably not. There's more important things to worry about, isn't there? It's debatable. I mean, you know, it's 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 a question. It's a very interesting question about you know whether it's okay to sample and to what extent you can sample. It's generally and, find even a sampled song if it does go into the mainstream and actually make any money you normally find out that if they haven't cleared the sample, then they will retrospectively pay whoever. If someone gets in touch, it used to be a very complicated system and people would try and sue each other, which is very costly and no one would end up making any money. But now there's a kind of a deal worked out where you pay a percentage. If it's an identifiable sample, you would pay a percentage to that, to that as a, like a musician would, yeah. as it would. Anyway, you know what I mean? I do, yeah. I do know what you mean. Um, right now, I want you to tell. Like old, there are times where like old songwriters that have had a record out once in the seventies and are now poor and haven't got any money. They've, their song has twenty years, thirty years later been a hit, and that's paid for them to buy a house or something. Yeah. So it can be quite a good thing. Yeah, if it, you know if they're kind of credited for it in the right way and all that stuff. Yeah, eventually, when it gets through the system, they actually get paid. So okay. All right. Um, but that's kind of going off the subject, really. I just do it for fun and as a sort of a challenge. And as you know, we used, both used to play in bands. And playing in a band is quite frustrating, isn't it? When you're trying to get everyone together, it's very rare to find four people that all want to play exactly the same kind of music. There's always some people that are better than others. It can be a very frustrating and time-consuming experience. Yeah, my listeners might remember an episode uh, I did a while ago called The Story of Salvo. Which was a story of That's how how we tried to. Drunken episode. It was a slightly drunken episode, but nevertheless, it was still the story of how um, we tried to, you know, make our group music project work, and how actually it's very difficult because it's a team project, and when you've all got like you know working lives and things to to deal with too, it can be hard to you know really work together to 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 like achieve something i think it was great being in a band but the you're saying the advantage of doing something on your own like that is that um you get total control over how where when what you you're doing it's, it's so much easier you don't need to go to a practice studio i mean i can play it with my headphones on it doesn't disturb anyone mm. and if i want a guitar sound i can just plug in my guitar and play it straight into the machine yeah and it's i've got it then or if i want to you know, put some percussion in. I've actually got a tambourine, a shaker, things like that, and a cheap mic, like the same one that you're holding there, I think, and just literally hold it up against the mic, and I can put it in. It's like a tambourine sound or a shaker sound. Yeah. And then it's done and dusted in about five minutes, whereas if you did that in a band, you'd have to go to a recording studio, practice all the songs, so everyone knew them. Then No, in a, sorry, a practice studio, and then go to... Re- some kind of recording facility even if it was your mate doing it yeah and it takes forever it's very expensive very expensive very time consuming and with the mpc it's all you can do it all in you can write a beat in, in an hour yeah and then pack it up put it away and you you've got the table to eat dinner on or whatever yeah some people might be thinking um nowadays with you know our computers and stuff we can get software that um, does absolutely everything. I mean, you can get incredible yeah. software that allows you to do all sorts of incredible manipulation of, of music uh, just there on a laptop. Why Why do you choose to use um, a piece of hardware that was made in 1997? Why aren't you using, you know, like, what is it, Pro Tools? Is that uh, an example? There's lots of things, Pro Tools, Logic. I use, I have used Logic, and I used to use a thing called Fruity Loops, mm-hmm. which is a really easy to use bit of software if anyone wants to get into making tunes that's what we call them tunes yeah not tunes, not tunes but tunes like c-h-o-o-n-s if you want to get into making tunes fruity loops is a good way to start and you know i, I occasionally try using bits of software i just don't really like it yeah it's like pushing a mouse around a screen i don't like 
the interface, man. It's not very... The experience is not very tactile. With the NPC, you can literally bash it with your hands and get a feel going. And it feels quite nice, the soft rubber pads. But with a computer, you've just got this hard plastic in front of you and it's just not as much fun. Staring into the bright screen, it's not very pleasant. It's not really very pleasant. Moving these little blocks around and it's very irritating. And with software, people always use too many effects, you know. There's always so much compression on everything and so much echo and reverb and delay and you're like, but with the NPC, there's actually no effects at all. Mm -hmm. So you can't add delay. You can cheat it. There's ways of making a kind of a fake delay and by using repeat repetition, but quieter. So it's almost like a, a delay coming back off a back wall. What's delay? Where an echo, essentially, you know, the John Bonham drum sound, boo, boo, that's essentially an echo bouncing back off the end of the wall and coming back at the same time so when they okay we're talking now about led zeppelin's classic track uh when the levee breaks which begins with uh i mean i'm gonna have to play it i'll find it very quickly i've got it here um it's 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 a classic bit of like um rock history isn't it um this track i don't know i don't know why i mentioned that it's just well it's a good example of of uh, it's a good example of echo being used to good effect. So you might know this, ladies and gents, but the opening to this track has got John Bonham playing the drums very loud, and it's been sampled, actually, by lots of people, usually sped up. It sounds really good when it's sped up and played really fast. Um, But it's John Bonham playing the drums in the intro to this track, and they recorded it, I believe, in a very long room, I think at the end of a staircase or something, a very long, narrow staircase, that they put the drums at one end, and I think they put the microphone at the other end or something like that, and it meant that the drum being played echoed all the way to the end of the room and all the way back, and it created this awesome sort of uh, uh, epic sounding big echoey sound and uh, and let's have a little listen to it now this is just an example of echo or, or delay being used to good effect okay so you just heard just um it might not be obvious to you but that there's echo on each of the 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 hits on the drum the reason the reason i started talking about that is because you can kind of fake that effect with an mpc if you know what you're doing just as an example um and i've i can always send you some videos of these things being used so your your listeners can understand what's so fun about them yeah that would be good so um, can you tell us then exactly how you make a track? Let's start from nothing, where you just have an idea. Like, tell us how you have ideas, and you start from nothing, and then go through the whole process to, at the end, having a, a piece of music that you can play to someone. Okay, the first thing is you go to the record shop or the charity shop, and you buy some 99p records. You're talking about vinyl, old-school yeah. vinyl records. And take them home, put them on, and have a cup of tea and listen to the music in sort of let it just play on in the background. Sometimes you skip through listening for good bits and sometimes you just let it play. Sometimes it's complete crap. And sometimes you hear a tiny bit and you think, Oh, that's quite nice. I could use that. And then you hear another little bit, maybe, or you hear a drum sound. And then whichever one sort of strikes me first, I just turn on the machine and just sample that bit. Yeah. And maybe sample sort of like four or five different bits. Yeah. Um, that sounds promising and then just start going into them and tweaking them and chopping them up a bit mm-hmm. and then replaying them in different order maybe or trying to change the pitch to make them faster or slower or higher or lower in tone yeah and then sometimes you might find something that sounds a bit like a hook or at least to sort of beginnings of a kind of a hooky kind of sound what's a hook something i don't know what is a hook a, a melody uh, a sort of catchy melody it's so, i think a hook is you know we know uh, a hook is what you use when you go fishing it's like a metal spike which 
curves it and draws you, put, you into the song yeah it, it's it, a little melody that draws you in when you go fishing you use a hook to catch a fish don't you you put a worm onto the hook you put it in the water the fish eats the worm and it also eats the hook and then you pull the fish out of the water you catch the fish using the hook well in music you might use a hook and it's something that you use to catch the ear of the person listening and if it's a good hook then the person will l- not be able to stop listening they'll be their attention will be grabbed by it and it will be something that they can remember i mean i'm wondering if we can think of a good example of a hook you, often it's a melody or a guitar lick or a keyboard sound or just something memorable and something that grabs your attention um i'm trying to think of a good example i mean uh, one satisfaction of- by the rolling stones perfect satisfaction by the wrong what where's the hook in satisfaction don't don't play it all right yeah that's that's the hook because you go oh yeah it's that tune yeah and it's it sticks in your head but none of my hooks are anything as good as that that's maybe one of the best (laughs) hooks ever time it's incredible that last night called heavy metal britannia uh-huh. It's about the origins of and birth of heavy metal, and they had really good interviews with Black Sabbath and uh, lots of people, lots of brummies, lots of brummies talking about the origins of metal and Aston and Birmingham. Yeah, brilliant. Um, all right, so, Wait, so let's, should we should we sort of wind this up? Or but no, also, no, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. No, we're just getting into talking about your process for making tracks. So you, okay. I also, yeah. oh yeah. So we we're just saying that. So then I start to add things. So sometimes I'll, uh, if I have new drums, I found that day, I'll put the new drums on because I like to use new samples each time. Oh. Um, it's quite satisfying. Going okay, that's a new bit. I'll have that, and then. Um, Sometimes I want to add a bass, and I have a few pre-recorded bass sounds that I've recorded off my own bass, mm-hmm. which is not very good, and so it's a bit crappy quality, but it kind of helps in a way. You just pitch it down a bit and uh, take the treble off, so it sounds very bassy, and all you get is a bassy sound. All right, so this is... Just- sometimes I can pitch that to make it match the sample that I've got, or sometimes if I can't make it match, I'll play a new bass line and just play it straight into the machine. Okay, all right. And so after you've taken like little bits and pieces from records and you've added maybe like some bass playing on your guitar uh, or, or some other stuff, eventually you just end up with a track. Don't you have to sequence it? Can you arrange it? Sorry, I kind of took that bit for granted. As You play it to a click track and you set the speed and you work in a loop. So it's like a four bar loop or an eight bar loop or a 12, well, whatever, 16 bar loop. Okay. And it just pleaks on playing that loop, and you add more stuff, and then blah blah blah. That's why the sound is quite repetitive. A lot of it, but I find finding a good groove is kind of more important than writing a very complicated song for me, because mm. it's almost like it's kind of background music. It's designed to have what maybe could have words over the top of it. I think when so I they have basic rhythm tracks, they're not full songs exactly. They could be developed into songs, right? I think they're just begging for for vocals to be added on top of them. Um, yeah, I'm kind of waiting for the right person to come along. And there's a lot of, you know, I don't know anyone who could do that. I don't know anyone who's good enough. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to, this, it's very hard. I, I don't really find it very easy to go on the internet and, like, find the right vocalist. It seem, would seem a bit false. You want to just meet someone organically, uh, meet someone who you who you get on with and who you feel has the similar uh, attitude to music as you, and then you sort of end up you end up inviting them back for a cup of tea, and they put some vocals down on one of your tracks, and you go, "Wow, this is really good because uh, they they we're on the same wavelength, and I like the way that they they you know MC or whatever you want to call it." I don't know what it would be. I don't know. It's also, when you start relying on other people, it gets a bit annoying. I mean, friends of mine have been working with MCs or rappers or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. They're just very unreliable and very, uh, they can be very incommunicative sometimes. I don't mean, uh, maybe that's a bit of a generalization, but you normally find they probably have a lot of people sending them music. Yeah. And unless you know them really well or you go, back with them it's unlikely you're going to be first in the queue right so i just 
can't be bothered <laughs> to chase people when I'd rather just be making a new one myself. Yeah. I don't really like the networking side of it. I just like making tunes. And then when you've made them, you might as well play them for someone because otherwise it's just you on your own listening to your own stuff, which is a bit weird. Yeah. You've got to get the music out there. I mean, you've got to get it out there. If no one likes it, fine. But, you know, you've got to give it a chance. People have to... Uh... But there's so much music out there now, especially on the internet. It's ridiculous. I mean, no one is short of music to listen to, are they? And there's so many ways of listening to it. I mean, most people just go to YouTube and listen to an album they like. or And people have got very short attention spans now. You know, it used to be to listen to music, someone actually had to physically give you a tape or a CD, and you'd have to go put it on your stereo or your car stereo and sit there and listen to it. But now everything's so immediate you can also immediately switch it off or also immediately you're doing something else. So yeah. it's a weird one. Do, um, so you've put some of your tracks online, haven't you? I had some on um, SoundCloud, but right. I don't like SoundCloud. Why not? It doesn't always play for me and I hate the orangeness of it. I love, something about music is very visual, you know, with the album cover or even a CD sleeve, it's something to look at. But yeah. with SoundCloud, you just get this orange and grey and black mess it looks like a sort of orange facebook in your face <laughs> and it doesn't feel very musicy to me really it feels like a digital experience that if, removes me from the music whereas if i put a record on and a needle actually goes on the record and i'm in the room with it it really feels like you're with the music but with a soundcloud it's just this horrible very antiseptic experience soundcloud.com isn't it I'm not knocking SoundCloud. I don't want to. No. <laughs> I'm not a pop at SoundCloud. Just for me personally, yeah, I don't really like using it. Don't yeah. really enjoy it. You actually prefer the sort of uh, experience of listening to music by playing it on vinyl. But I'm yeah. just. I'm talking Look, the closest. The closest to that you've got digitally. Uh, sorry. You I was just. I keep trying to make points, uh, but then you, you, you. All right. Sorry. No, it's all right. So I'm just trying to talk to you, but. Um, uh what was I, I was trying to say so you've got your stuff online this is my point that if people want to hear your music they can um and it, you did put some stuff on soundcloud but you don't really like soundcloud you feel it visually it doesn't uh sort of suit uh the experience of listening to music it's too orange is what it's you too said orange. Just it's too just too orange. orange but but you've got 10 tracks um on a website called uh bandcamp so just just tell me about Bandcamp. What is it? I don't know much about it, but it's a little bit more like an albumy feel, a record feel, because it's quite minimal. Uh, maybe I'm just too visual about the whole thing, but it feels like it's less orange for a start. Okay. Each um, release is almost treated like its own entity. So you get a page with all your tracks on one page and a quite a big album cover. Uh -huh. And it just looks less intrusive and a bit more neutral. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of neutral space where it's like less crowded and less, um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only person that thinks this, but um, it's a more honest way of presenting music, I think. And also people can download the track as an album like you would to your iTunes if you, were bought, if you bought one. It's the same as that. So you get a little folder with the artwork in it and it stays on your hard drive. You're not just listening to it temporarily. Yeah. Like you can download it if you want to and then it's yours. You know, you put it on your phone, put it on whatever. For me, the, the thing about SoundCloud is SoundCloud is clearly um, uh, trying to be a social network they they yeah. want to be the facebook of of music right and they've yeah. set that that the, the website soundcloud is very heavily branded with its own identity as you say it's very orange i mean they've picked orange as their color and it's got soundcloud written all over it and it's very much like you know you have to be on soundcloud in order to enjoy the music but bandcamp is a little bit different because they promote the artist a bit more it's based around the music rather than promoting itself 
itself it's promoting whoever is actually uploading their music onto it and as you say when you put your stuff on there it presents it as if it's one album as it uh, a bit like when you download music from amazon or from the itunes store it's like there as an album with an album cover rather than it being just a series of sound clouds it's, and it's less noisy soundcloud not literally but soundcloud's very visually noisy mm-hmm. so there's a lot going on and a lot of activity which it's almost off-putting but it is off-putting yeah with Bandcamp it just presents the artist um, first and Bandcamp the website sort of is is not quite as as uh, in your face so True. it's better for for the artist basically uh, and also if you actually get to a level where you think you can sell your music which I'm not at yet, although you bought my album, didn't you? Yeah, I paid £5. Five so pounds. Th- the point is, if my listeners would like to, to listen to some of my brother's music, which is very good. The thing is, he's very modest, all right, ladies and gents? My brother is a very modest person, and he will not try and sell his stuff. He feels uncomfortable about trying to market or sell his own music. Maybe he's, like, not very confident. He doesn't want to tell you it's the best thing you've ever heard i just know it's not good enough yet but it's getting there i'm getting there it's my fourth well the previous ones have been cds or whatever but this is the first one i've put online number four it's like its fourth release i think it's really good but i mean we're not saying it's like the 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 lost beatles album it's a learning process it's a a good way to get it out there because then it it forces you to say is this good enough to play and you kind of think well almost i'll put this one out the next one will be better yeah um, but you can get the album, you can download it, it's available on, on Bandcamp, and you can find the URL on the page for this episode, and if you go, you can check out all the tracks, you can listen to them all there, there are ten, and you can also, down- yeah, you can also download it as well, you can buy it, now you can choose how much you pay, you could pay £1, you could pay £10, it's up to I you. You pay zero pounds. You can pay zero pounds if you want, you can download it for free, bear in mind the fact that my brother spent a fair amount of time doing it and it's obviously a kind of passion for him it's his hobby or whatever you want to call it it's something he spent a fair amount of time on he's kind of too shy or modest to try and sell it so i'm the one who has to do it um but i genuinely think it's really good stuff let me play you one other song this one's called nightmares i wouldn't say they're songs so much as just tunes as you say right because it's more that that's the the sort of thing a song you imagine has lyrics and verse chorus and and that kind of structure these are tunes that should have an MC rapping on them. Also, they haven't been mastered or mixed. They're straight out of the machine. Maybe I shouldn't admit that, but they may sound a bit quiet because they haven't been mixed and mastered properly. Right. I'm now now playing playing a track called Lawless, which I really like. I think it's got a really nice drum sample in it. And that's me on bass, I think, on that one. Uh Uh-huh. I can't hear it from this end. I'm just taking a word for it. It doesn't do much else, but there you go. It's just a groove. It's just a groove, man, yeah. It's nice. It's sort of like music that you can chill out to. It's music that you can have on in the background. It's true, it is. He's so modest that he's embarrassed that I'm now describing his music. But I think anyone listening to this will agree that that is very smooth sounding. And it's very tasteful. And someone needs to be rapping on the top of this. Okay, if any of your listeners can rap, maybe they can do it. I would even suggest that anyone out there who can MC record themselves emceeing something on one of these tracks and send it back to me yeah and they might win something you might win the opportunity to i don't know feature on more of his his music i'm gonna play one other song you can't rap do it anyway just do it anyway yeah i really think that everyone should try and record a rap on top of this it doesn't matter if you can't rap do it anyway i'm gonna play another one which is the one with the the eric clapton sample oh um it's called Oh, Is it, it Benson called? and Hedges? No, 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 no. It's called B movie. Uh, no, no. It's further down. It's called 
something room room service room service okay let's have a listen to this now folks if you know uh, the band Cream Eric Clapton oh you're not room. supposed to give it away I'll get in trouble oh alright well I'm going to play it anyway I don't care This is just begging for some MC to throw down some flow on the top of it. <laughs> it really is. And just imagine, like, members of the Wu-Tang Clan rhyming on top of this. It would be brilliant. It would work. Yeah. Well, I was thinking I might do a sort of EP of unofficial remixes. Yeah? Okay. All right, so there you go. I've just played a little bit more of it. So if you want to, if you want to download his uh, ten-track album, let's call it, then you can. It's called Volume Four. Uh, the the name is JT Two Thousand, and it's uh, available on Bandcamp. You can find read it. Out. Yeah. Read out. Yeah. Read out. Read it out. Read out what? Bandcamp. What is it? What's it's, the address? Right, it's JT JT2000.bandcamp.com. That's it. That's it. Um, but you'll find that URL on the web page for this episode, and then you can just click on it. And Thanks for listening, guys. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was appalling. Um, that's it then, isn't it, James? Um, I suppose. Um, maybe you should say, if any of your other like people who listen and make music, maybe they should get in touch and let us... Uh, we could talk about their music sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, if you... A review show of, like, you know, say if we get, like, four people to send in their music we could review it and listen to it next time i'd love that i think what okay here's here's the thing right here's the deal uh if anyone out there is listening to this who makes their own music and you would like uh some of it to be played on luke's english podcast here's what you do okay you go to the uh page for this episode uh, I don't know actually which episode this is yet i don't know what number it will be i don't know what it's going to be called but anyway, you'll know because you'll be listening to it. So find the page for this episode. And in the comments section, just add a link to uh, one of your bits of music. Um, you can put it on YouTube or whatever, and then I can download it. And then um, well, once I've got enough music, um, I'll share it with my brother. And we'll play, an, play it on an episode of the podcast. And we'll talk about your music. And everyone will be able to hear it. And I think that could be really interesting. So do that. Share, share your, your homemade music with us. Um, and we'll talk about it on an episode of the podcast at some point in the learn, future. Learn, learn some English phrases as well, because that's what this is supposed to be about, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully um, you've heard in our conversation uh, various bits of language for talking about music, producing music and and and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Tunes. Right. That's the one thing you should take away from this. They're called tunes. Shall I call this episode Making Tunes? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's that's what this episode is going to be called, making tunes, and it's one of those ones where you're not going to understand what that means until you listen to it. So now I hope that you understand what tunes are. I remember, like, um, I mean, it's when you hear like a really good tune, uh, like a, a track that that uh, is really brilliant. You tend to go, "What do you say to your to people when you hear a really good tune?" Mm, sick tune. No, I think we just go tune. Oh, yeah, you just go tune. You just go tune. That is a tune, man. Something like um, the Q Project Champion Sound Alliance remix. <laughs> tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> top tune. That is a top, top tune. tune. Top tune. That normally refers more to dance music, though, doesn't it, than hip-hop. We don't really say hip-hop tunes. Normally, like a really... Jungle, jungle tune jungle or even a house tune or a techno or something you know kind of banging dance track that is uh just sounds amazing you can say that is a top tune um okay uh, hopefully my listeners have listened all the way to the end of this episode james do you have anything else to say to the people of the world at this point uh thanks for listening um download the album <coughs> okay all right thanks for being on the podcast james i'll see you on friday <laughs> Yeah, we've got this uh, the cousin's wedding, haven't we? That's right, yeah. I'm the best man. Um, Have you written a speech? I've written a speech. I'm practising it. Um, hopefully I'll be able to learn it. 
um, and uh, deliver it, uh, and it, it'll, everything will be okay. That's the plan. Um, I better, in fact, I better go. Up, do the glass. You know when you ting the glass with a knife. Ding 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 S- ding ding. Smash the glass. You think that's a good way to begin? A ding ding. Oh, sorry. Now that I've got your attention. <laughs> yeah. Don't smash the glass because that could be dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should do an episode of the podcast about weddings and sort of the typical things that happen. Call it four weddings and a funeral. Hopefully, there won't be any funerals. <laughs> just a, just four weddings. I'm currently watching a little black cat trying to climb into someone's window. Really? On the house opposite, well, the estate opposite. And it's been jumping up, trying to get out of the windowsill. It's now on the windowsill and it's staring through, looking really like it wants to get in. Is the window open? No. I don't know what, how it's, <laughs> I don't know what it's planning on, but it's not getting through that window, boy. Not the most intelligent animals in the world, cats. But mm. They're pretty intelligent. I suppose. Well, on the scale of plankton to, like, you know the whale they're somewhere in the middle surely i suppose so and there is that argument that says that cats are actually way more intelligent than us because they have us running around feeding them and sheltering them and looking Mm. after them while they sit around doing nothing all day have you ever done any cat comedy in your stand-up routines uh no i've never done cat based material Uh, maybe you should get into it it's very big market cats versus dogs Cats and dogs, do, ladies do and gentlemen. This one. Have you ever seen a cat when it's pissed off? It does this. That does that with its ears. Well, its ears will go back and it like sucks its face in, like <laughs> really offended. Normally, <laughs> the, normally the cats and dogs material is like cats and dogs are kills. different. It absolutely kills life. Cats and dogs are different, aren't they, ladies and gentlemen? You know what I mean? It's like men and women are different, and cats and dogs are different. Women and they're like cats, aren't they? Men. Well, they're like dogs and then go into all the reasons why m- women are like cats and men are like dogs or just the difference between cats and dogs like cats for example you know t- uh, when you come home from work uh, the dog runs up to you like, hey i'm really glad to see you when you come home from work if you've got a cat the cat's like oh who the hell are you you know they don't care not <laughs> lol. I, uh, yeah lol i have just- a that's a whole routine. It's, yeah. it's been done about a million times before by about a million comedians. It's one of I the most. We should do something about online dating that hasn't been covered yet in uh, stand-up I think comedy. Online, I think online dating has been covered. Probably watch some BBC thing from Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Festival, and yeah. like say seventy percent of the comedians were doing some material about stand uh, about online dating. Really? Yeah. Most well, of them were, and the other ones were doing material about how old-fashioned their parents were. Right. <laughs> it's proper working class you know it's yeah. just stuff that everyone can relate to because everyone yeah. everyone is doing online dating but probably everyone feels a little bit unsure about it and so it's quite uh appealing to have a cathartic. comedian yeah it's quite cathartic to laugh about the subject because everyone's like oh i do online dating but i'm not sure if i should be ashamed of it or not um so it's probably quite quite comfortable subject for people to gather together and laugh about it makes them all feel better yeah um right that's the end of this episode ladies and gents my brother is still here on skype but uh we're going to stop recording the episode Uh, we'll probably hear from him again at some point in the future do send in your music to us Uh, i think that could be a really interesting development for the podcast leave links to your music or send me your music um and uh, we'll gather it together and then we'll we'll do like a music review thing on the podcast where we can talk about your stuff all right good um thanks for being on the podcast again brother james thanks luke thank you very much good to see you see you see you on friday at the wedding yeah okay bye for now peace out out. (laughs) all right (laughs) so that was my recording there with my brother jim um i hope that you enjoyed that uh, you may have noticed various bits of language. I wonder if uh, it was easy or difficult for you to follow. I'm sure that in these conversations, these sort of natural conversations I have with my brother sometimes, I'm sure that there are things that you miss. Um, perhaps because of the fact it's a Skype call, it's a little bit more difficult to, to hear everything. Although actually I think the audio quality on these Skype recordings is remarkably good considering it's you know being done over the internet. I don't think that's really an issue, but it might cause you to 
misunderstand some things but we speak fairly quickly the two of us we get quite involved in the conversation we interrupt each other sometimes um, sometimes we annoy each other because we talk over the top of each other it's brothers that's what brothers do sometimes we get so frustrated that we have fights with each other obviously you can't do that online um, I can't punch him through the screen or something <laughs> Um, but it might come through. I don't know if it comes through on the podcast, if you're able to pick up on the sort of tension, the brotherly tension that we have with each other sometimes. I felt a little bit of it in this episode. I don't know if you picked up on that. There's no reason why. I mean, we were just talking about music, but sometimes we just sort of like piss each other off. Uh, We've been doing it for, you know, 37 years, so that's nothing new, and it's absolutely fine. It's normal. It's just brothers being brothers. But uh, if... I I don't know why we piss each other off. I mean, it wasn't like he was uh, fidgeting or fiddling. Um, I think it's just because sometimes we both have things to say, and because he's the older brother, sometimes I'll start saying something and he'll just talk over me, and I'll have to stop. You know, he's just... He just... um, has like slightly higher status than me and so he will interrupt me at times and I get frustrated but you know that's just the way it goes when you've got like brothers and sisters you probably know what it's like if you've got older brothers or older sisters sometimes you piss each other off and other people like your friends who are there they don't understand they don't know why you're kind of getting on each other's nerves yeah anyway it's no big deal because basically my brother and me we're we're very close um, and you can probably tell that. I'm, I'm really glad that he's on the podcast again in this episode. Um, I'd like to get him back soon. Um, do check out his music online. Uh, go to teacherluke.co.uk. Find this episode. It's called Making Tunes with Jim, and there's a link there. You can check out all his music on Bandcamp. You can download it for free, or you can pay for it. It's your choice. Um, do also consider send me sending me some of your homemade music uh, because then at some point in the future I can feature it on Luke's English Podcast. We'll do a special sort of music show where we'll feature some of your tunes and we'll talk about them and we'll play them to the world. That could be really good fun. All right, good. Um, so that's it for this episode. Speak to you again very, very, very soon. But for now, it's goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.